you're pregnant. Bro, do you even I live? can't eat another one? One is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. This won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa, hear that? That's that smell. was not there yesterday. Have a second of it's totally my natural hair color. Is that supposed to look like that? Don't worry. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office, but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's, Let's do, do this. this. Hey there. We're still away working super hard on episodes 55 through 57. But in the meantime, we thought you'd like to know that Dr. Imran, the host of Simple Health Radio, has been gracious enough to answer a third one of our zany health science questions. You may remember Dr. Imran from when he helped us explore treating burns with butter in episode 51 and avoiding oxygen tank explosions in episode 54. But this time around, he took a moment to address whether it's true that you can actually be scared to death. Without giving anything away, I'll go ahead and tell you that before asking this question, I thought I had a pretty good idea about what the answer would be. But as usual, Dr. Imran's response ended up going down a totally unexpected path and brought to light things that I didn't even know I didn't know. You may come away with a different experience, but either way, we hope you'll finish this episode with some things to think about when it comes to how well you're managing scary or stressful experiences in your life. I never left. I've always been here. Commence audio. Is there really such a thing as being scared to death? So let me thank Terrell for sending in a great question. There's a lot of Hollywood-style drama regarding being scared to death. That's the whole basis for Halloween movies and horror films. Medically speaking, this is what we called the fight-or-flight response. So basically, our bodies have a defense mechanism. When the brain recognizes a danger or an enemy, it sends signals immediately to the rest of the body. Either you have to prepare to fight the enemy or take flight, which means run away. The body has to divert resources from certain organs to other parts of the body in order for that to happen. The primary hormone that's responsible for this is called adrenaline, also known as epinephrine. Some people actually like the feeling of being scared. They love going to haunted houses and trying activities like bungee jumping or extreme sports. The adrenaline that's released actually gives them a rush or a high. And the same thing happens when you play football or compete in a track meet. So what are the effects of adrenaline? Well, there are several actions that occur when adrenaline is released into the body. These include raising the pulse rate, increasing the blood pressure, increasing blood circulation to our muscles, increasing our breathing rate, increasing air into the lungs, and actually enlarging or even dilating the pupils. The last thing that happens is a change in the metabolism 
to increase the amount of blood sugar that's available as an energy source. Now why would adrenaline do all of these very different things? If you think about in preparation for a fight, you want your body to be prepared in the best way possible. So increasing your heart rate, increasing your blood sugar, and dilating your eyes actually gives you a sense of heightened awareness. If you're planning to do the opposite, which is the flight or the runaway response, the same things would still benefit you. If you're able to see in the dark or run a little faster or jump a little higher, you'll be able to get away from the danger. So whether you're stopping to fight or whether you're planning to fly away or run away, the adrenaline would still benefit you in both ways. The problem is that in modern society, adrenaline can affect the body in a lot of negative ways, especially if it happens multiple times in a short period. For example, if you have somebody who is going through an abusive relationship, every day could be a fight or flight response, whether it's physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, any other type of abuse. Now, if somebody has a car accident, they're going to have a large amount of adrenaline release just from that injury itself. And then let's say later in the day, they finally get into work, they have an argument with their boss as to why they were late. Now they have a second adrenaline response. Maybe they get into such a bad situation, they get fired from their job. They're sent home and they have to confront their spouse or their landlord that they won't be able to pay the bills. That's going to cause even more adrenaline to be released. So you can see in the course of just one day, over just a few hours, they've had three separate events that occurred, all of which increased the adrenaline to very high amounts. Now, excessive adrenaline is also linked with high blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes, which is high blood sugar, and even kidney problems. Now, the question that Terrell asked is whether people can be scared to death. So the answer is yes. In the short term, we do know that adrenaline affects the heart in some good ways, but also some bad ways. Adrenaline works on special receptors that are in the heart muscle. When these receptors are activated, large amounts of calcium rush into the heart cells. Calcium is necessary for heart muscle contraction. So if you have a large amount of adrenaline and a large amount of calcium, the heart muscle keeps contracting and it doesn't get a chance to relax. The heart is unique because it has special electrical connections, the nerves of the heart, which establish a rhythm. We call that a pacemaker. So think of it as a ticking of a clock. So every one second, the little hand is going to move into the next position. So after 60 seconds, you have one minute. When adrenaline is released, it causes the electrical connections to become hyperstimulated. So now instead of 60 beats per minute, it's 100 or 120. And instead of being simple beats, these are hyper-contracting beats. So the body is really pumping out a large amount of volume abnormally. And it's this type of abnormal rhythm that leads to sudden death. Now, if somebody already has a heart condition, whether it's an enlarged heart, maybe congestive heart failure, or any previous history of a heart rhythm abnormality, it can easily tip that person into something called V-fib, also called ventricular fibrillation. So V-fib is life-threatening, and that's the rhythm that causes people to have a very improper heartbeat because the blood cannot be circulated. It can't pump out from the heart. V-fib is not a sustainable rhythm. So within a few seconds, maybe to a few minutes, that person is going to die. So that's called sudden death. And the primary underlying arrhythmia or abnormal heart rhythm is V-fib, also called ventricular fibrillation. Now, there is a second way that people can be scared to death, but that's more cumulative. 
So we talked about people who have arguments at work or at home or at school. They're naturally going to have releases of adrenaline on a regular basis. But other things can still cause adrenaline releases, including heavy traffic, financial problems, or stress about an engineering product. What happens with different projects is that you'll have adrenaline released periodically. Every time you get to a meeting, or every time you cross a certain pathway, or every time you get something accomplished, something else is going to come up. And large amounts of adrenaline that are released over time actually make people feel lightheaded or dizzy. Some people get tunnel vision. It'll go away, but then it comes back again. And so every time they have an argument or new stresses in their life, even if it's not a life-threatening situation, it's cumulative because the adrenaline keeps on affecting the heart muscle. It makes it contract abnormally. It makes those heart rhythms become more abnormal. And it also affects the blood sugar and it affects the kidneys. So these people are going to be at a high risk of dying a month or three months or six months later due to the excessive adrenaline. Now, for example, after the 9-11 attacks in New York City, there was a 35% increase in heart attacks in those local hospitals for two months after that event. It was researched and other causes were excluded, but stress of that horrible event caused a number of people to develop heart conditions that directly caused untimely death. So it wasn't sudden death, meaning they didn't die immediately right after the incident occurred, but cumulative. So within weeks, months, it was directly related. The problem is that on death certificates, when we sign them as doctors, we have to choose one primary reason for death. Sometimes it's obvious, for example, a stroke, or maybe trauma, or internal bleeding. So when something like this happens and somebody dies before they make it to the hospital, it's assumed it's going to be a sudden death due to either a cardiac arrhythmia, like the V-fib, or something related to that pathway. There's no box to check scared to death or anxiety. It doesn't make sense. It's not something we can put down medically, but we know that it contributes heavily to those situations. So that's why it's very difficult to track the exact numbers of people who've died or become scared to death. Now, we do know that some people are going to be much more predisposed to having complications, including V-fib or any other arrhythmia. Those people typically are overweight. They'll have a history of high blood pressure. Maybe they're on medication, maybe they're not. They're going to have a history of diabetes. And they may have some other genetic or family history as well that predisposes them. On top of that, if you add in things like smoking, drugs, alcohol, and other complications, it's going to be very complex. And so that's why any additional insult from the adrenaline is going to have a high risk of death for those people. So I hope you learned a little bit more about being scared to death, the fight or flight response, and adrenaline. So I want to thank Terrell again for sending in a great question. So there you have it. Hopefully you're now thinking about something you can do nice for yourself today in order to try and relax. If you're looking for ideas for how to do this, you can check out our episode 43.6, Words with Farmer Friends Easter Egg. You can also see some of the suggestions published by the National Alliance on Mental Illness. The link to their website is kind of long, so we've just gone ahead and included it in this episode's show notes. Having said that, if you liked Dr. Imran's take on avoiding being scared to death, we encourage you to check out episodes of his Simple Health Radio podcast, including the episode about fried rice syndrome, a topic that will never ever get old, 
and any of the ones where Dr. Imran addresses health and medical questions sent in by other listeners. In order to find his show, just visit him at simplehealthradio.com or search for Simple Health Radio in your favorite podcast app. He's got over 100 episodes to choose from, and we're pretty sure you won't be disappointed. We would like to give a special thanks to Dr. Emron and the team at the Simple Health Radio podcast for their permission to use their audio for this episode. We are hoping to release our newest adventure in two to three weeks, so please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42TOWERBEAMSUNSHINESTRAIN. No, no, no. I told you we're not doing that. My apologies www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyclairhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?